An entitled Karen freaks out and harasses anybody who parks in front of her house. Things got so bad that a police officer was involved in putting this entitled Karen in her place. Here's what happened. So when I was around six years old, I lived with my family in a nice house in a small city in Poland. It was a quiet neighborhood on the outskirts, and pretty much all my neighbors knew each other. There was no sidewalks around the part of the city I lived at. There was only one really terrible sidewalk that started on the other side in front of my neighbor's house. It's important to remember that the sidewalk was very old and in bad shape. Still to this day, people are asking the city to fix it. This story is about that neighbor, the entitled Karen of this story. She was an older lady. Everyone suspected that she really didn't have anything better to do than gather gossip and disturb everyone trying to rule the street. Everyone was commenting that if you wanted to get the whole area to know something, you had to tell her something and then say that it was a secret and that she shouldn't tell anybody. Because guess what? She would tell the whole town. Whenever someone came to visit us, they usually park their car in front of our property. But on bigger meetups, like barbecues or parties, people would park in front of our closest neighbor's property as well. That never was a problem. No gates were obstructed and no one was disturbed. Well, almost. This entitled Karen hated when someone parked in front of her house. She would always run out and start screaming at them, saying, How dare you park your filthy car on my precious sidewalk? My mother is not someone that lets someone yell at her easily. So she's had many discussions with this entitled Karen about the laws and rules that stated that she doesn't own anything outside of her fence, which means that the sidewalk is public and anyone can park on it as long as they leave enough space for a wheelchair to pass. But that wasn't enough. Every single time someone would come to us and park their car there, the yelling would start. That is until one time when my mother's friend Thomas came for a coffee during the winter. He's a local policeman and his specialty is road laws. So my mother tells him about this entitled Karen and her behavior toward the sidewalk. And when she told him this, Thomas just laughed since the sidewalk was in such bad shape that it can barely even be called a sidewalk. When he was leaving, he assured my mom that he would stop by the next day for a coffee on his lunch break. The next day comes by and I was playing with my brother in the snow. We see a black car pulling over in front of this entitled Karen's house. And as the driver gets out, the entitled Karen storms out of her house and starts screaming at him. She says, you can't park here. This is my sidewalk. Get your filthy car off of my property. Well, there he was, Thomas with his full uniform, his hat and everything, turning around towards the Karen as comically as he could. He looked at her and said, excuse me, are you seriously trying to tell me that I can't park right here? This entitled Karen said yes. And that's when Thomas explained to her that this sidewalk was open to the public. The Karen then tried to make the same claim that she's always made and said that this was her sidewalk and that she owned it. So that's when Thomas got to work and put her in her place. So he said, so let me get this right. This is your sidewalk? And after she agreed, he confirmed with her that she was the one responsible for taking care of it. The entitled Karen proudly says, well, yes, I am. That's why I don't allow anyone to park there. Thomas then says, oh, that's so nice that I found you. Since it's your sidewalk, you are responsible for clearing the snow from it as not to create any danger for people walking on it. Since your sidewalk was not plowed properly, I need to write you a fine for endangering public safety. And after he said that, he pulls out his ticket book and starts writing one up. The entitled Karen then tries to fire back by claiming that no other sidewalks are plowed. But Thomas said, oh, it doesn't matter. The other sidewalks belong to the city. The clearing crew is working on cleaning them. But since this sidewalk is yours, it's your responsibility. And it was at this moment that the entitled Karen started to backpedal. She said, but I'm old. I can't shovel snow. But Thomas wasn't having it. 
He told her that she should have just hired someone to do it then. Realizing that she was not going to win this battle, she finally admitted that this sidewalk was not hers. And Thomas had her right where he wanted her. He then said, But a moment ago, you were yelling at me like it was. So what is it? Is it yours or not? Because I don't know if I should write a fine for you or not. She confirmed once again that the sidewalk officially was not hers. And Thomas says, Good. Seems like we cleared that up. Now if I find out that you're harassing people in the same way that you did to me, it will result in a pretty big fine. So I recommend you watch out on what you're trying to claim to be yours. And after that, Thomas proudly walked across the street and enjoyed a coffee at our house. After that altercation, this entitled Karen never disturbed anyone for parking in front of her house ever again. She would instead stare at her window, glaring at anybody who passed by. Your mom's friend is an absolute hero. It's really cool when cops are able to exercise their power and put entitled Karens like this in their place. Imagine being so crazy that you think you can monitor who parks in front of your house, especially when you don't even own the sidewalk in front of your house. I'd love to see this kind of result of a story, and hopefully this entitled Karen learned her lesson, that she shouldn't try and claim ownership over something that is most definitely not hers, because otherwise there's probably going to be a big fine associated with it. I am leaving my parents' house for the first time in a few days, and I'm afraid of the persecution I'm going to receive from my church, and I don't know what to do about it. I've been wanting to move out for some time now, but have always been halted by my father, who says to remain in the home to preserve his church duty as a pastor. For insight in the religion I'm in, a child cannot leave the parents' home until they are married, or in special cases, a job abroad requires them to relocate. I have neither case, and only want to move out to grow more as a person, as well as how to actually learn how to live. I want to pay rent. I want to do adult things. I want to learn how to fend for myself. I have a stable job that allows me to pay for my potential living expenses, and the only thing hindering me is the religion's rules. When a child leaves the home without a proper permission from the church, there is a chance that the parent with a religious duty becomes stripped of their office and turns into a regular churchgoer. This can also cause gossip, and the other brethren may treat them as people who fell from grace. I've heard of other accounts through that the parents were spared despite the circumstances. I want my parents to be spared from the church's wrath and retain their duty in the church, even though I don't care about the religion anymore. I don't want my family to be affected by my choice. I don't know how to feel anymore. Am I just a number? A figure just to keep my father's duty? He is trying to win me over and making it feel like it is livable here. But I yearn to go into the outside world and discover for myself who I can become when I'm unhindered. Is it wrong for me to feel this way? I don't want to disrespect my parents, but I don't want to be locked up here until they finally pass away. Another thing that scares me are my siblings. I'm afraid that they will force me back into the home and it really makes me think of cutting contact with them all because of that fear. I want to hide from everyone, my family and my religious family and just pursue my own life. How should I feel about this situation? I'm at a complete loss of what to do and I feel torn between two different worlds. On one hand I'm pleasing my family by staying but on the other hand I'm still going to be stuck longing to search for who I am. What should I do? Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a really crazy rule for a church. To subjugate your kids to your parents' choices in religion is just really toxic and, in my opinion, is really unhealthy. Don't people have the right to choose what they want to do with their lives? And maybe I just don't understand the perspective that this person's coming from because obviously I'm not a part of that religion. But for your parents to be punished because of your decisions, in my opinion, is just really, really toxic. But nonetheless, this is the predicament they're facing. So I can completely understand that this is something that's really troubling for you. And I totally recognize that there are clearly cultural differences here that I'm not going to completely understand. But from my perspective, just from the outside looking in, I simply would not allow someone else's religion dictate what you can and cannot do with your life. Also, on that same note, you can't control how people are going to react if you do decide to move out. If people want to gossip about you, well then let them gossip. You're doing something to better yourself. If you do decide to move out, you're doing it because you want to expand as a human being. And if I was in your shoes, I would feel the same way as well. I wouldn't want to be stuck in my parents' house until they are close to passing away, all because their religion says that I need to stick around. Since I'm not a part of your religion, and I don't know the specific ins and outs of it, I would hate to tell you to do something that would definitely negatively affect your life. So if anything, I would look online and see if you can find any public forums online that have people out there who have walked a similar path as you. Because I guarantee you, you're not the only person in this specific religion that has decided that they want to move out and move on with their life. So I would look there first to see if you can find somebody that can relate to your situation and would know exactly what you're going through. But obviously, your situation is a lot more nuanced, so I think a lot of thought and preparation would have to go into this, regardless of what you choose to do. But hopefully this gets worked out, and hopefully you're able to find some kind of resolution that you can be happy with. My brother married someone that I'm in love with, and I honestly don't know what to do. The title says it all, and I honestly can't stop crying. I met a girl five years ago that we'll call Sarah. That's not her real name. I got along with her really well. I found her attractive, charming, funny. We had all the same interests and sense of humor, everything you would want in a partner. We spent some quality time with each other, but nothing serious. I assumed it was a casual situation for the most part. After a year of being friends with Sarah, she confessed her feelings to me, but I rejected her. Reason being is I felt she was the wrong person for me. She was closed off emotionally and didn't open up to me much. We stopped talking for about two years, and then she met my brother about three years ago on a night out. My brother immediately asked her out, and after he realized that me and Sarah Sarah had a thing a couple of years ago, he asked me if I would be okay with him pursuing her. I said I was cool with it because I genuinely could tell Sarah was making my brother happy and I love him dearly and I want what's best for him. At this point in time, I didn't feel anything for Sarah, so there were no hard feelings there. For the past three years, I've been watching Sarah and my brother be together and honestly, I realized I made the biggest mistake of my life. Sarah had opened up to my brother emotionally and I realized that she was cold to me because she didn't have the security of a 
relationship, so she didn't feel safe enough to share her emotional side with me. Spending time with Sarah over the recent years has made me remember all the wonderful, amazing things I liked about her. She's so beautiful, funny, kind. She supported me emotionally through many difficult times in my life. She was always there for me. My heart jumps every time I see her. I get so nervous, and I'm always trying to find ways to make her laugh and smile. When I found out that Sarah was engaged to my brother, I cried so much, but I got over it because stupidly in my head, I thought maybe her feelings for me would come back and she would break off the engagement and come back to me. But they got married yesterday and it's official. They are now husband and wife. Sarah is madly in love with my brother and he is madly in love with her. I have never seen a couple so happy and in love before. They smile every time they look at each other and I can see my brother's eyes light up the moment Sarah walks into the room. I have not and will never say anything to my brother or Sarah about my feelings. I feel so dumb for messing up something so great. I could have been with Sarah if I just gave her a chance and had not judged her so quickly. I can't stop crying because I know that this is all my fault and I could have had Sarah if I wasn't so stupid. I know Sarah has no feelings for me anymore. The way she is with my brother, it is very clear he is the love of her life. It is rare to find a partner who you love but is also your best friend. Sarah was my best friend when she confessed her feelings for me and I know I will never find a girl as beautiful and wonderful as her again. I love her and I will never stop loving her as long as she stays in my life. I am so happy for my brother, but I also can't help but wish that Sarah will one day come back to me. I'm not sure how to escape from these feelings. I cannot even look at another girl. I've tried downloading apps and I can't seem to keep interest in any girl I match with. I'm thinking maybe I should just cut my brother and Sarah out of my life, come up with an excuse and never speak to them again. I have no idea what else to do and I'm honestly at a loss. I think the original poster needs to take quite a few steps backwards real quick. The way they're talking about Sarah is completely inappropriate. You are obsessing over a woman that you rejected several years ago and you only like her again because your brother is with her and she is finally able to show her true feelings. Like you really need to slow your roll and you need to accept that she is never coming back to you. She's very happy with your brother and you really need to stop obsessing over her because from the outside looking in it is definitely a little creepy. I think therapy would be a really good option for you in getting this worked out because the way you're describing your fascination and blatant obsession with Sarah is not acceptable. I think if you really care about her, you would work towards accepting that she does not love you, but has instead found love with your brother. And I don't think you need to cut off contact with him either. You could definitely limit contact if you're really grieving that much, but it seems a little bit extreme to just cut them off out of nowhere and decide right then and there to never talk to them again. So hopefully this works out for you and hopefully you can get this worked out because the way you're talking about Sarah is a little creepy and you seriously need to figure that out. My fiance is high 90% of the time and I just feel completely alone. This started several months ago. We've been together for three years and it wasn't something that was an issue or even talked about for the first two and a half. I tried one of the special gummies that he would eat, if you know what I mean, and didn't like it, but he loved it and has been on a downward slope since then. It started with a few nights, then every night, then all day, including work. Then he decided he didn't want to do it at work, so it was just every day as soon as he got home. I told him that I didn't want to live like that. I did not want to be with someone who was high literally all the time that I was with them. He said he had a problem and didn't want it either, but that he just couldn't help himself. I told him I would help him and be with him and never leave him as long as he was trying to figure this out. Then he just started doing it more behind my back. You can't buy them where we live. So he would wait until I was out of town to go and get them and he would not tell me about it. He specifically told me several times that he wasn't going to. Then as soon as I wasn't there, he did it. I can't even explain how that makes me feel. I felt like a burden 
that stood in the way of what he really wanted. I told him that I didn't think I was the one for him, if this is how he was going to waste his life away. He said that he really doesn't want it to be this way though, and he said that he couldn't control himself and he needed help. So to try and help alleviate the situation, he would have me to start keeping the gummies and he would ask me if he could have one. But that felt awful. It lasted literally one day and I gave them back because I knew he would just wait until I was gone to buy some backup ones in secret. He told me specifically that he wouldn't, but I found out later that he actually had. This happened several times and I just have no trust left for him. It feels so awful because he's always been so honest with me until now. He stopped taking them for a few days and threw everything away. He didn't tell me why and I didn't want to make a big deal of it, so I left it alone and I was just happy about it. Then he got really, really depressed, like catatonic depressed, and he told me that he was going to buy some more and it was honestly in that moment that I knew he wouldn't be able to stop. Then it was back to every night and I just couldn't take it anymore. The dishonesty, the feeling like I was alone, I missed the man that I fell in love with. I was so angry and sad at the same time. I planned on telling him how tired I was of him lying to me about how I was done with this, especially if these things are more important to him than being honest with me as well as just being with me. But I broke down and cried and just told him how much I missed him and how alone I felt and how I do love him, but I don't know how to help him. I told him several times that I just missed him a lot, that it didn't feel like he was even there anymore. He said he didn't want it to be that way and asked me what I wanted to do that night. He was sober that night, but that was the only one. I was so upset and begging him to just be with me, and he gave me one night. One. That's it. I just don't know how to take this. I feel like a parent trying to keep a kid from doing something bad, but instead, this is my partner. I don't want to feel like I'm between him and something that he wants. I don't know what to do. I don't think he can or he wants to help himself, and I feel like if I keep saying something, that he will just hide it from me again. What should I do? I think this is a massive red flag. This is exactly what you're going to have to put up with if you do eventually get married to this man. He is addicted, he has a problem, and he clearly doesn't want to stop. He needs an intervention and some kind of rehab, but unfortunately, unless he wants to go to that rehab, it'll never happen. He has a problem, and unfortunately, you are caught in the crossfire. So I think you need to take a good hard look and see if this is even worth pursuing, because based on what you're describing, he clearly wants his fix much more than he wants to be with you, and that is genuinely unfortunate. My partner keeps accusing me of cheating, and at this point, I don't know what to do. My partner and I have a fantastic relationship. We are very much in love. We live together in a blended family. Everything besides this one issue is brilliant, and we have been together for four years. Over the last year or so, he has started accusing me of cheating. This includes his best friend and maybe some random people as well. A little bit of background first. He believes that this started when he had some issues around the time of my alleged cheating. My mental health has always been touch and go. Usually I am medicated, but I spent a good six plus months off tablets. Toward the end of this period, I became snappy. I became very irritable and generally just very low. I work at night, and if I didn't want to go to work, it would end up in a discussion about how I need to sort myself out, which was basically understandable. So because I couldn't face work, and also because I couldn't face telling my partner about my issues, because at times I would leave for work and just sit in my car for a few hours, eventually returning home to say that I didn't feel well or some other excuse that I could come up with. After a short while, I called my mom and told her that I was not feeling well and that I had had enough. She made me go home and talk to my partner about how I was feeling. Although I know he doesn't understand and definitely doesn't see where I'm coming from, he was supportive and I have been on meds ever since. Now I'm in a good place. I'm working, I have a good mood, but he is convinced that I was actually playing around. Although I've told him the truth and that I love him, 
and that I've never even looked at another man. It just keeps coming up. He says his mental health is plummeting because it's always on his mind. I will say that his best friend has made comments about me on occasion, although my partner won't tell me what has been said. But generally speaking, it's stuff that really isn't that appropriate, which overall don't make me feel great. I have tried assuring him that the cheating signs that he's apparently seeing are exactly the same signs as depression. It's literally depression. That's what I have and that's what I'm dealing with. And at this point, I'm at my wit's end. And I now feel like I'm walking on eggshells at times because he looks like he might bring it up and goes into a strange mood. I've tried telling him that if he can't trust me, then what's the point? I love him dearly. He is my best friend. I honestly don't want to be without him. But being accused constantly is starting to weigh me down. And before anyone suggests it, I know 100% he has not cheated on me and he isn't projecting blame onto me. What should I do? This is a really tricky situation. There's nothing worse than being in a relationship and having your significant other decide, hey, you're probably cheating on me. And then when you try and have some kind of rebuttal of like, no, I'm not. What are you, crazy? They then come right back at you and say, oh, you're not cheating? Prove it. And then you're just stuck scratching your head. How on earth am I supposed to prove that I'm not cheating on you? Like, that's just insane. It seems like your boyfriend has a lot of anxiety associated with this, and it's really unfair that he's taking it out on you. He's basically using your depression as some kind of an excuse to prove that you're cheating, which is just not the case. And I know the original poster said it at this point, but sometimes in relationships, when the other partner is accusing you of cheating, it actually means that they might be cheating. And I know you think that he's not cheating, but hey, it might be something to look into. I think couples counseling could probably do you two a lot of good, as well as just counseling in general on your end. This depression is clearly weighing down both of you. And hopefully if you get that figured out, as well as what's going on between the two of you, you can try and move forward and have a better life. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.